scorenorth.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Score North Live. Live on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North app. Rami Makloff and a rotating cast of Score North personalities in the co-host chair. Phil Mackey slides out. Matthew Collar slides into that co-host chair for hour two of the show today. Declan Goff on the other side of the glass and on the ones and twos as always. And obviously, Matthew, lots of NFL news going down today with the opening of the legal tampering period and NFL free agency around the league. But we'll start with the Minnesota Vikings news that they've agreed to a two-year deal worth $66 million to keep Kirk Cousins under center. That's on top of the one-year $31 million that he had remaining in his deal. So now Cousins has three years, $96 million left on his contract with the Vikings, $61 million of that guaranteed. Your reaction? Were you surprised? Do you think it's a good move? Do you think it's a bad move? What do you think, Matthew Collar? I do think that it was a surprise that it came this fast. My expectation had been that they would be fighting over this all summer long and eventually that they would come to an agreement um, because normally the Vikings have signed their contract extensions for players after the draft. So they kind of go from free agency and then they stack up their roster with free agents and then they draft. And then after that, that's when they have tended to address contract extensions and then they announce them right before training camp to get everybody excited. And that's been their usual process. So when I saw Adam Schefter tweet this morning that they signed a two-year extension, it was like, oh, okay, we're doing that right now. But they had to do it right now because it creates a media cap space. Now, of course, they are kicking the ball down the road, but what's interesting about this one is that the NFL could pull the lever on a 17-game season as early as 2021. So I haven't gotten the entire breakdown of Cousins' salaries yet. I'll check again and see if it has been reported for year by year. But uh, it's probably going to be pretty big by year three to lower the cap hit now. But... If there's a 17-game season, there's $100 million that gets pumped into the salary cap for each team, which makes this way more reasonable. So I think that the way you form your cousin's opinion is not necessarily about the money this time. That's what it was about last time. This time, I think it's entirely based on do you think that Kirk Cousins can actually win you anything? Um, and, And that's how you'll decide. So when you see people fighting on the Internet about whether this is a good or bad deal. It's not so much about the money. I think the money is fairly reasonable and certainly helps them for 2020. Um, It's just, do you think that you want to lock into him for the next three years because you believe that you can have a roster strong enough to go to the Super Bowl, which is everyone's ultimate goal, and, and they want to top what they did in 2017? And I think that's where it does become questionable because you're talking about a guy whose career high is 10 wins. He won one playoff game, which he was great and he made the plays at the end, but you're talking about someone who started for five years and put up a lot of numbers and has gotten paid a lot of money for one playoff win. That's not usually where you set your expectation for someone who's going to be toward the top of the league and pay. So that that's what it really becomes down to in my mind with this next deal. And isn't isn't the number that really matters? I think people get hung up on the raw number of how much money this guy is making, and they might even look at it through the prism of what the NFL salary cap is today. But as you mentioned, once we know what this deal is down the road, we have to assume because 
That would be the main motivation in extending Kirk Cousins, that they kicked some of the money down the road that was due to be paid to him this year and freed up some cap so they can go into free agency <laughs> in 2020. I've got the number. Oh, you do? For 2022. Okay. Joel Corey, who works for CBS, he's a former NFL agent, says that Kirk Cousins will have a $45 million Oof. salary cap hit in 2022. So the Minnesota Vikings are certainly expecting the salary cap to be $300 million by then and, and the 17-game season to be put in. That's what I was just going to say, is that the number that really matters is what percentage of the cap is he eating up. Right now, I think he was due to eat up about 16% of the cap, and the magic number seems to be 15%. If your quarterback or anybody else on the roster, for that matter, is making 15% or more of your salary cap, they better be a really, really special player, according to some some data that, that I've read and and researched a little bit. It, it, how much of the salary cap by 2022 is $45 million going to be? How much does that strap or handcuff the Vikings come 2022? If I'm just taking a guess, I would say that the 17th game would probably add another $100 million per team to the salary cap. So that's just a guess. Uh, if you take 45 and divide it by 300 on my iPhone calculator, that's about 15%. And my guess is that they were assuming that that was going to happen. As soon as the CBA got signed, then Cousins' agent could say, hey, yeah, it's going to go way up if you want to do it this way, and we want all the guaranteed money, uh, but you're going to have the salary cap go way up, so this should be manageable for you. I think it is fairly manageable for you, especially since they have moved out all these other contracts, like Xavier Rhodes, like Linval Joseph, possibly Everson Griffin, but he's not going to be here in 2022. What you have to do now as the Vikings, that you are set at quarterback, you're set at your top two receivers, your tight end for the future, you know who that is, you have at least one tackle, you know who your center is, you've got a lot of the pieces that you know what they're going to be over the next couple of years. It's how well can you fill in those holes that you've now created with a lot of draft picks and savvy signings. You can't go out and sign five-year contracts that are going to carry giant cap hits a couple of years from now um, because then you're going to get yourself into the same position. But it does set them up to look at 2021 and 2022 if they can rebuild properly as being years that they see as being competitive again. The only thing that you have to question here is this. Can you have another draft this year, next year, whenever it might be, that is as good as 2015? Because this team is riding still the great draft of 2015 with Eric Hendricks and Stephon Diggs and Daniel Hunter. They need another draft where you get a bunch of home runs in order to fill in these pieces to be back to where they were. I don't think Zimmer can just scheme them back to a number one defense. I think you could scheme them to a top 10, but not all the way back to the top. That's going to be talent. And I also think you need to have a defense that's going to be top five in order to win with Kirk Cousins as your quarterback. So how they draft and what savvy moves they make in free agency to rebuild the defense may ultimately, in a weird way, determine how we end up feeling about Cousins' contract. Shouldn't we have read the tea leaves and saw this coming? Like You, you said you were surprised by the timing, and I, I can see why that would be the case, Matthew. But the fact that Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman are still the head coach and the general manager of this football team, and the fact that almost no general manager or coach go into the final year of a contract without some sort of extension, 
and the addition of Gary Kubiak being being promoted into the offensive coordinator position this offseason, shouldn't we have sort of read those tea leaves and thought, this this is an organization that looks to be staying the course for the foreseeable future of the next two to three years? And part of that, probably all along, included Kirk Cousins. If there was going to be drastic changes, I think we would have seen those dominoes start to fall in positions above Kirk Cousins in terms of the, the totem pole in the Vikings organization. Well, I definitely came away from talking with Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman at the NFL Combine feeling like a contract extension was inevitable or at least that they really wanted it. My only question was, will Kirk Cousins sign one? Because there would be an argument for Cousins to play one more year on a really good offense and then become a free agent again. He did that once with Washington, and if he does it again... Plus, if the 17-game season is being implemented, I mean, there would be a chance for him to make $40 million a year. But on his end, maybe smart timing because he's coming off of his best career year and his playoff win and 10 wins, getting into the playoffs. Like, all that stuff is what Cousins struggled with before and that he needed to prove to the organization. Rick Spielman basically said that, that some of his primetime wins and his comeback against Denver and his win in New Orleans proved to the organization that he can win big games. Now, there's ways you could certainly question all those. Denver was bad, and Dallas didn't even make the playoffs. You beat them in primetime, and... New Orleans, you know, it's one one drive, and you're really going to make a decision based on that. Um, but but I do think that he showed them something last year to believe in, so they decided, you know, they wanted to go forward with him. He probably picks the right time to sign an extension because if he goes six and ten this year, because the defense is a mess. If you get a couple of injuries on this defense, if Daniel Hunter gets hurt, or if Harrison Smith, assuming they don't trade him, is injured or something then you're going to be talking about a pretty poor defense and really struggling um, to be a great team this year. So if that happened, then Cousins' value would go down, so he might as well sign it now. But I wouldn't have been shocked if he had taken it all the way to the end. That was my biggest question. So I'm not overall surprised that the Vikings wanted to bring him back, only that they got it done as fast as they did. Plenty of action on the uh, opening of the legal tampering period. Some free agent signings or agreements that have been reached, but the move that uh, seems to have swept the NFL world, and one that I know doesn't make sense to you, Collar, based on your tweets, the Cardinals and Arizona Cardinals, Cardinals and Houston Texans swapped David Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins in a blockbuster trade, the likes of which we almost never see in the NFL. Texans also receive a second-round pick and a 2021 fourth-round pick, while the Cardinals will receive a 2020 fourth round pick in a day and age where you throw the football to succeed in this league and you are not giving out big contracts to running backs especially running backs who since signing their big contracts have really just been an injury problem for their football team how do you make sense of this type of trade in the opening of nfl free agency in the new league year i don't i don't make any sense of this deandre hopkins is not just one of the best receivers one of the best players in the entire nfl and if you totally believe that you couldn't afford him in the future. Okay, I get that. And sometimes you have to make those moves because the salary cap is real, everyone. But you traded him for a running back. A running back? I, really? Who get gained like 700 yards last year and really might not have even been the best running back on Arizona's roster? That's the guy that you absolutely desperately needed to acquire when trading DeAndre Hopkins. You can't tell me that if his name was out there, that was the best possible deal 
that they could have gotten for him. To me, it's bananas, and Deshaun Watson should be on the phone right now demanding a trade himself because you know Watson has had a pretty good situation there, been being able to throw to DeAndre Hopkins and, and Will Fuller when he's healthy. Now what are you going to do? I mean, you could draft a receiver, but what if that receiver doesn't work out? In the absolute dream scenario, that receiver becomes DeAndre Hopkins. I, I really don't understand it. This one is so bad. I would compare it to when you're in a fantasy league with a bunch of your friends and one of your friends is just kind of crazy or doesn't really understand stuff but just loves trading and the commissioner has to step in and say, no, 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 you can't do that, Bobby. Like, you just, we all love you and you're still in the league and, like, don't get mad, but we're not letting you make that trade. It's too stupid for you. I was trying to come up with with a trade that would be more ridiculous than David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins to use as a punchline for what you just said, and I can't. I can't think of one. I would literally look at a guy if I was the commissioner and go, why are you trading David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins? No, you can't do that. That doesn't make sense. No, this is it is a trade that you would do on Madden and somehow you get it to work. But I saw people even try it on Madden and it doesn't work on Madden either. So I, I don't know. Maybe you have to go to the old Madden games to make trades this ridiculous where the computer was very easy to fool. But I don't get it. A running back, you can find a running back in the third round of the draft who will be every bit as good as David Johnson, if not better. This isn't 2015 where David Johnson was catching 80 or 90 passes, and even then he would not be as valuable as DeAndre Hopkins who can go down the field. So I don't understand it one bit, and I think if you're in the AFC South, um, you've got to love what you see, right? I mean, people are talking about how you know Tannehill can drift back and things like that, but the Titans are a good overall team, and think of who they're going to be playing they're going to be playing a DeAndre Hopkins list Texans team, a Jaguars team that has done everything they could to get rid of everyone they have, and Indianapolis that might have 50-year-old Phillip Rivers as their quarterback. I think you'd feel pretty good about yourself if you're the Titans. Any other moves catch your eye so far today with the opening of free agency? Well, the legal tampering period? Um, something just happened that's worth noting. Uh, the Vikings put a second-round tender on restricted free agent Eric Wilson, so if they don't work out an extension, he'll get like $2 million, and He's a good player. I, I think uh, Eric Wilson could be a starter in the league. And if I was another team who was desperate for a coverage linebacker who could blitz a little bit, I would give him an offer and, and take him away from the Vikings and give them a second round pick. Um, but uh, other than that, what I do you mean, make of the franchise tag on Anthony Harris? You think that's that's a move to maneuver a trade and dry, drive up his value, or do you think they intend on bringing him back after it really sounded like? They had no intentions of that if you read very lightly between the lines on what Mike Zimmer had to say. Yeah, I think it's an interesting play because they could certainly trade him. There would be a lot of interest around the league. And even if you only got back, let's say, a third-round pick for Anthony Harris, people would go, oh my gosh, what are you doing? But that's getting a third-round pick instead of nothing, right? where you would have just lost him in free agency. So now that you've got a little bit of wiggle room with the salary cap since Kirk Cousins signed his extension, you can fit him in for now and then trade him. The other option, and this is where things could go super crazy in this you know, free agency world, Rami, is if they decided they wanted to keep Anthony Harrison instead of Harrison Smith, then stuff's going to get mm. wild. But you know, when you think about it, Harris led the league in interceptions. He's an extremely good player, and he's three years younger than Harrison Smith, but doesn't have as much trade value. So if you were to trade Harrison Smith, you probably get a first-round pick back for him. And if you were drafted, let's say you were drafting, I don't know, 17th and 25th 
you feel like you can fill some pretty big spots there and then sign a, a cheap free agent safety. There are a lot of good free agent safeties out there. I mean, that I'm saying that, you know, it would be a tremendously unpopular move and Mike Zimmer would probably explode inside of TCO Performance Center. But it is a justifiable thought that they need to have with somebody who's 31 and has almost a, an $11 million cap hit. Or maybe that's what Mike Zimmer meant when he said that the safety position was not the highest priority or most important position on that defense. Maybe he wasn't talking about Anthony Harris. Maybe he was talking about Harrison Smith. I mean, could be, yeah. I, I'd be really surprised because he also talked about wanting to use Harrison Smith in different ways and things like that hmm. next year. So I don't know. I, I would be very surprised. If he just accepts the, if he just signs the franchise tender, that's I, that might put them right back to being cash strapped, wouldn't it? Depending on how much they freed up with the Kirk Cousins extension. Yeah, they, they would have to trade him. I mean, so he's if he signs that. They would just have to say, okay, we're going to trade you. But they could work out a contract extension for him that's very similar. And I think we'll see this with a lot of teams that's very similar to what Anthony Barr did last year. So Anthony Barr's 2019 cap hit was 5.6 million, which makes no sense since he signed a five year, $67 million deal. Like, wait. Don't make uh, sense of NFL contracts in the salary right. cap. Here's pointless. how, but here's how it works. Uh, it's completely backloaded, and this year, Barr is making over 12, and then next year it's going to shoot up to 15, and by 2023 it's 18. He'll never see that, more likely than not. They could do the same thing with Anthony Harris. He gets a ton of cash and a very low cap hit for next year that's somewhere between maybe 4 and $7 million, and then the cap hits are later where either the salary cap has gone up to $300 million or they can just get themselves out of it. So, you know, it's not crazy to think about re-signing Anthony Harris, but they've got a lot of options there. Uh, you did something for scorenorth.com, which I thought was very cool. I was always, Declan said he wasn't a fan of the Choose Your Own Adventure books growing up. They were literally probably, other than sports books, like the Bo Jackson autobiography, the uh, Fab Five autobiography. Other than that, the only books I chose to read as a child that weren't assigned to me were Choose Your Own Adventure books. <laughs> I loved them growing up. And uh, you did Choose Your Own Vikings Adventure for scorenorth.com, and folks can go and read it. But I thought it would it would be fun if we just looked at, real quick, the different plans, the different courses that you set out that the Vikings could take. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but with the news of the Kirk Cousins signing, two of the potential adventures that they could choose are kind of out the window. The let's get crazy up in here plan and the uh, go all in on 2021 plan or the all about 2021 plan. Those are out the window with the signing of Kirk Cousins, right? Not necessarily. Really? Not necessarily. Okay, okay so, so some of the let's get crazy up in here plan that I included a bunch of crazy things that they could do, like trading Cousins for Jimmy Garoppolo. Still could happen, by the way, because my understanding is in his next contract, he does not have Somebody asked that. No does trade. he have a no-trade He does not, according Ooh. to ESPN's oh. Courtney Cronin, who Ooh. will join us at 3.30, by That's the way. That's recklessly speculate. Yes. So, right. Daniil Hunter for the number 2 overall pick. Yeah, that's... Yeah, kind of, kind of off the table. They could still draft Chase Young there and then save a bunch of money on the salary cap, but pretty much off the table. Trading Harrison Smith is on the table. Trading for Trent Williams should be on the table because they could do the same thing. They could cut Riley Reef, make themselves some cap space, trade for Trent Williams, 
restructure his contract, sign him to an extension, and then have all his biggest cap hits be when we're going to have 17 games. I was reading one article about about Trent Williams and what the market might be like for him and teams that, that might be interested or be good fits for him. And the, they got to the Vikings, and they said Riley Reef and a fourth-round pick. Is that all it would take to get Trent Williams away from Washington? I would guess a little bit higher. I think that they want more draft capital because they're in a really bad spot. Um, but if you traded away Riley Reef, you create $8 million in cap space. So that helps you deal with the hit immediately. But then you can extend him, which is what he wants. He wants to be paid around $20 million a year, which sounds crazy, but it won't sound crazy in 2021 when the salary cap goes way up. I, I think that the CBA being signed flipped a switch for the Vikings to be able to be more aggressive than we would have expected here because they can always do that. They can always manipulate the contracts to have lower hits now and bigger hits later, which normally screws you over eventually, but it won't this time. Um, normally we'd be saying, oh, well, you know, that cap hit three years from now for Anthony Barr is a disaster. Not if the salary cap goes up by $100 million, then it's a fairly reasonable contract. So if they look at it that way, then the Trent Williams idea is not nuts. And I like that idea because a lot of great left tackles have gone into their 30s and been really, really good. So, you know, when we're looking at Andrew Whitworth, somebody like him, uh, Jason Peters, those guys have been terrific into their 30s. And Trent Williams just took a year off. That's good for his longevity. Right. Uh, somebody like Richie Incognito was off for a year and came right back and was a terrific guard for the Oakland Raiders. So, you know, I, I think that the door is open to do some crazy things possibly. And I also think that the door is open for the 2021 idea. Yes, they want to win this year. Their offense is intact. But if you decide to play it a little bit more safe with free agency and try to get players who are a little younger that might have potential left that aren't going to lock into long-term deals, and then you focus on giving as much draft capital as you can, and, you know, and filling spots that way through 2021, because if, you, if you're expecting to draft, let's say you draft two corners. I mean, those guys are not in year one going to be dominant, right? But they might be in year two. So I think that that should still be part of it. Like maybe it's some combination of get crazy and shoot for 2021. Uh, real quick, before we go to the break, Major League Baseball has said that uh, they just put out a release saying that in accordance with the CDC's recommendation that uh, of no gatherings of 50 or more people for the next eight weeks, they will uh, change plans in accordance with that. They originally said they're pushing the Major League Baseball season back at least two weeks from the March 26th originally scheduled opening date. It now looks like it'll be at least mid-May before uh, we get baseball, if I'm doing my math right, and eight weeks out from right now would be uh, mid-May. So that's what we're looking at, at the very least, in terms of when we might get baseball back. But uh, fear not, we have plenty of sports to talk about with you today with the opening of the new league year and legal tampering in the NFL and plenty more to talk about with uh, Matthew Collar as Score North Live rolls right along on 1500scorenorth.com.